Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. The sun stays out longer and the weather is warming up. Those are sure signs of spring. But if you're looking for another, it's lambing season at the Sheep Unit in Arlington. UW Sheep Unit Director Todd Taylor explains what lambing season entails for the research facility. He also shares some insight on how supply chain looks for Wisconsin's lamb industry. So we, we started about the 10th of January. It was pretty slow through the month of January. The month of February picked up because we've got a group of ewes that are bred for a couple of research projects. And, and it, it's it's pretty, pretty labor intensive for, for just a few weeks, you know, four or five weeks. Uh, most of the month of February through the middle of, of, of March gets pretty pretty busy. Uh, just monitoring ewes on a 24-7 basis, making sure that, you know, lambs are born healthy. For the most part, this flock is 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 pretty easy to deal with. The, the ewes are, are pretty maternal and take good care of their lambs. We don't we don't have to step in and, and uh, help as often as maybe some other places do. But but we still spend a lot of sleepless nights in the barn just taking care of, of uh, making sure lambs get, get born easily and, and brought in and, and warm up and and uh, supplemented like they need to to get them going and get them off, off to a good start and, and off to the off on the right foot so to speak so yeah and let's talk numbers now what's the number in the flock okay. how many lambs okay. do you expect to total this season so we we still run run three breeds for the flock we still have our, our major major breed is our polypase we'll mm-hmm. lamb out oh somewhere around 140 150 polypay use this spring through through january and, and into march um we lambed out about 20 hamp use in january we've got another dozen or so that'll lamb out in february uh, i mean excuse me in march um and and then we lambed out we only lambed out four target use this winter uh we lambed out six or eight last fall so so we're we're considerably down on you numbers for what we from what we were four or five years ago uh with budget cuts and with the retirement of dr thomas it was uh a challenge to kind of keep numbers where they were at but we we are there now we've got a couple of researchers that are utilizing sheep for research now so that's helping justify the numbers that we have and actually i think will help justify uh building the flock in the future at least i'm optimistic that we'll be able to grow numbers again uh in the future but uh, but yeah, as, as I said, we, we will lamb out close to 200 ewes this, this winter or spring, and we lambed out about 40 or 50 last fall. Why are lambs born in the early spring or winter months? So we're, we're cons- I consider us a seed stock or a farm flock situation. So we lamb in January and February to try to get a jump start on the year and make our sheep a little bit more marketable as we move into the summer months. Uh, just hit a different different market uh, opportunity than what some other commercial flocks will. Majority of the sheep in the United States are probably born in the in the later spring months of April, May, and into into the first couple of weeks of June. Um, but for several reasons, you know, it, it fits into our research program better to have them born in the winter. Gives us a lot more opportunity for teaching when students are on campus both in the spring and again in the fall um, and and it just just gives us more opportunity to lamb that time of year uh, we have the facilities to be able to do it appropriately to take care of the animals to give them a good start in the colder winter months uh, you know we have facilities where we can shut them in if the elements get bad to the case that, that they really need to be protected from all sides um, a lot of oper- operations wouldn't have the the uh, facilities that we have here and wouldn't be able to do it like we do here so uh, but it works for our programs here yeah and let's not forget the research station this facility education first i mean that's why you guys are here research education why don't you just tell me a little bit about 
the research that does go on here. So if, when Dr. Thomas was here, the majority of his research was done at our Spooner station with the dairy flock, and, and we didn't have a lot of opportunity to do research. We didn't have a lot of interest to do research at the Arlington Farm, so we dedicated it more to outreach and teaching for those years that we, he was here. Uh, since he's retired and, and we've kind of reached out to some other uh, faculty within the department, there's been a big upswing in, in, in uh, uh, investigators wanting to do research out here. Uh, we've got a geneticist that's doing a, a long-term uh, epigenetics project here. We're in the fourth or fifth year of that project. Um, we just had just hired a new animal welfare and animal behavior specialist during the COVID years of 2020, um, and she's kind of dedicated a lot of her research project and her research dollars to startup dollars to get some some projects going out here. She's actually got two graduate students working on research projects out here now, which uh, is really kind of nice for our our program to to start building again. And then as we merge with dairy science, some of the dairy science faculty realized that they could do some of their uh, introductory research on sheep, some of their pilot studies on sheep more, a little more uh, uh, economically and, and a little bit quicker than, than doing, doing it on dairy cattle. So we have had a few dairy science researchers reach out to us to use sheep as, as, as some of their pilot studies start to develop. So, so research is, is, is growing here. We still do a phenomenal amount of teaching and, or uh, extension and outreach, not so much teaching anymore. I'm hoping that that will build back up as well. Um, you know, we don't have a sheep production class anymore since Dave is retired. Uh, we're hoping to, to maybe find somebody to, to take that on in the future with, with new hires. Um, but we still do a lot of outreach, and we still do some teaching with uh, partnerships through the vet school and through MATC, their vet tech program. have actually been out here using sheep the last couple of days. Um, and then we, we really enjoy our partnership with the vet students and, and uh, have, have really kind of tried to, to – uh, harbor that quite a bit and grow that quite a bit over the last few years. We're almost at two years now since the pandemic shut down Wisconsin. <laughs> Let's reflect on how student involvement has been or, or labor. I mean, what did that look like for you guys? So for most of 2020, we were, myself and my hired man, we weren't allowed to have student workers out here. We weren't allowed to have student employees out here. Even high school students in the area that wanted a job weren't allowed to work out here. So it was pretty challenging for a couple of years. We got through it, um, you know, and, and even even 2021 was pretty limited on how much student help I had out here. We didn't have a lot of teaching. We didn't have a lot of outreach going on and virtually none going on for those you know essentially 18 months um, it's starting to, to let up quite a bit we do a, quite a bit more teaching our outreach programs have started started to develop again uh, this vet tech program that we're right in the middle of this vet volunteer program that we're right in the middle of right now has been outstanding this year we're in our sixth or seventh year of this program I think we had 50 some students come out and go through the training back in January um, just this weekend alone I had um, six different uh, shifts of four-hour shifts, and I think there were 28 students that came out Saturday and Sunday and helped with, with the volunteer lambing program. So I think they're sick and tired of virtual education and, and doing all their work on Zoom and in the in the classroom and on the computer. So to having a chance to come out and, and get their hands on animals, and there's nothing easier to deal with than a baby lamb, it seems like. <laughs> they're less intimidating than, than a cow and a calf and, and easier to deal with than, than a litter of pigs in a firewing crate, and it just seems like the students really kind of flock to this program the just the uh, everything from from ag ag background students to city kids that are you know mostly probably in vet school to do dog and cat work we've had quite a few of those come out and just get their hands on sheep well that's certainly good news but now let's talk about the other side of things that all eyes are on right now in agribusiness supply chain i mean input costs feed 
how does that impact you guys here at the Arlington Station? So the the pandemic kind of had a, a twofold impact on on the sheep industry in general. Yeah, feed and transportation and the supply chain and you know the 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 ability to get animals processed for for meat meat consumption and things like that really really had a, a tough tough time for a while but at the same time i think the demand for lamb for some reason went through the roof and i don't know what it was but we've seen record high lamb prices we've seen record high call you prices the last two years um i mean the 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 demand for our product is there it's a matter of finding the the resources to get it to the consumers that's been the challenge and and the american sheep industry association i just finally got to attend our we we canceled the 2021 national convention a year ago this year it was in san diego here at the end of january i got to go to that and there was a lot of excitement and a lot of enthusiasm for the direction that the sheep industry is headed um, the demand for our product you know the the wool market is starting to see some rebound again but the 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 record lamb prices and the record u prices is really driving the industry in a in a positive direction we'll we'll hope it continues to go that way but as fast as the the income prices go up you know the the expenses are going up just as fast with feed fuel transportation labor is hard to find you know some of the larger western units are really struggling with trying to find labor to take care of their their animals so um so we we've got some we've got some some challenges ahead of us but we've also got some pretty good optimism in the in the sheep industry right now does the russia ukraine situation going on play a role at all in what happens here or are you seeing that impact supply chain not that i'm aware of yet um but you know just like just like every other market i mean the ukraine for sure i I know has a as a huge market for you know grains and stuff like that in the u.s so it will ultimately depending on how long it lasts and 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 how things go it will probably ultimately filter down and have its effect on all of agriculture i'm sure just so people know here at arlington you guys are in the meat market and you're in the a little bit in the wool market but not the dairy market right Correct. Yeah. So, so in the animal science department that back in the Dave Thomas days, when I first got here, the first 15, 16 years I was here, you know, we did have a, a working dairy sheep operation up at our Spooner research station um, that, that did a lot of research and a lot of teaching extension and outreach in the dairy sheep side of things. Here in Arlington, we're not set up to be milking ewes. We let the lambs do the milking for us. Uh, so we have three breeds that, that represent the meat side, the wool side, and kind of the maternal uh, commercial ewe breed side for the upper Midwest. And that's why our, our polypays, our hamps, and our targies kind of represent those three aspects of the sheep industry, probably the most diverse livestock industry and livestock species out there. You know, one ewe can, can potentially produce three consumable products year in and year out and meat, wool, and milk. So uh, we can't really represent the dairy side of it, but um, but we, we try to cover and educate and use our sheep for teaching research and extension within the meat and wool side of it for sure. And do you feel like that's representative of Wisconsin or I mean does Wisconsin have a robust sheep dairy industry? You know I don't know where they're currently at but they used they were at one time the top milk sheep milk producing state in the United States was in Wisconsin and I know there's still a lot of large uh, dairy sheep operations in the state. Um, unfortunately I don't have a lot of contact with them anymore since Dr. Thomas left. I do get some questions on occasion, and I try to filter them through um, through the Wisconsin Dairy Sheep Association, and, and actually send them through DATCAP because uh, Jeff Swenson and some.
some of the people that work with him also kind of work with some of the dairy sheep producers as well. So uh, so I, I, I have contacts, but I don't know a lot about the current situation of the dairy sheep industry in the state of Wisconsin. So, Are you looking forward to anything into, in 2022 or 2023? Uh, you know, I, I, I look forward to, to seeing where these new research projects go and, and how we can develop further research within the department. Again, I, I hope that we can encourage as we get new faculty, we got a new dean coming in, uh, hopefully in, in the, or relatively soon. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see the direction we go, um, you know, and, and see if we can get back into to offering some education and some, some one-on-one teaching uh, with our students in animal science and, and across disciplines. So I'm hoping that we can get some of that back up and going again. I look forward to things like Sheep and Wool Festival continue to grow, some of our outreach potential. Um, We will have Arlington Sheep Days this year, which we've been two years without that. Uh, 2020, 2021, they were both canceled. So we will have that up here at, at at the Sheep Unit in uh, the first weekend in April. So, you know, some of those kind of things. I've got some other ideas for other outreach programs, maybe a potential lambing school, another shearing school. Uh, we'll continue our typical January or December shearing school, uh, some of those kind of things. And, and you know, we're, we're, we are use, utilizing kind of springboarding on the Zoom uh, platform and doing more webinars and some of those kind of things that reach out to more people. As people are getting more used to sitting watching a computer, we can continue to utilize that. But I still look forward to getting feet on the ground and more people coming through the unit. And participation is good for all those things. So there's demand out there. People want to know more about sheep. Yeah, it seems like the, that's one thing. You know, I grew up in Wyoming where the sheep industry was was large, but there weren't a lot of people involved in it. And it didn't seem like there was a lot of turnover. Since I've been in Wisconsin, the turnover has been unreal. You you constantly see new people coming in and trying their hand on a few sheep, and they're they're looking for information, they're looking for advice, they're looking for ways to 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 you know do a better job. So. I've really enjoyed my 20 years in Wisconsin just from that aspect because people are are engaged and wanting to learn. Do you ever see sheep dairy becoming a part of UW again? Unfortunately, probably not before I retire, <laughs> which I don't know how long that's going to be yet, but I, I just don't don't see it. Part of the reason is is because the, uh, uh, you know, the capital expense to build a sheep dairy is going to be pretty high. When they, when they dispersed the flock up there, they also dispersed and, and sold all the equipment, sold the milking unit, sold the tank, sold everything at that unit. Uh, to get that back up and going again, I'm afraid, is is going to be a challenge within the university. And then just finding some, some interest in terms of a uh, – researcher that wants to do that kind of work I think might be challenging right now so I I wish I could have a better outlook on that but I unfortunately I don't so message to young people maybe interested in sheep I mean is it a viable industry to to get into you know, I think at the 4-H and FFA level, it's it's a it's a good place for kids to start. You know, it seems like the 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 swine project is always the easiest ones to get get kids to get into. But you know, market lambs are pretty easy to to take care of and and you know and be successful as well. But I think that you know, so if you're interested in in a livestock species, you know, the initial investment in sheep is quite a bit lower, especially than cattle and even somewhat than hogs. 
um, you know, the animal itself and all the feed that it takes to finish them out and the equipment is, is a little bit less, you know, cost, cost intensive than some of the other species. So it can be a good project for kids to start out with. I raised four kids through the 4 and FFA program that are still interested. They all still are in agriculture in one way or another. Um, but and and they're all still interested in raising a few sheep. Unfortunately, they don't have a place to keep their own, so Dad's still taking care <laughs> of their flocks for them. But um, but you know it, it's it's a good species to to be involved in, and and there's a lot of good resources out there. Uh, there's a huge network of people that are willing to help you in the state of Wisconsin, the Upper Midwest. So um, you know, reach out. I I definitely think it's a it's a good species to start young kids out on. We're talking with UW Sheep Unit Director Todd Taylor. You can find photos and videos of my visit at the UW Sheep Unit in Arlington on MidwestFarmReport.com. I'm Stephanie Hoff.